Welcome to the Sounds of the Heart with Sandy Goldstone. When we heed the call and say yes to live from the truth of our hearts, we accept the invitation to deeply relax, trust, and let go of fear, control, struggle, suffering, and separation. Now, here is your host, Sandy Goldstone. Hello, lovelies. Welcome to this week's episode of Sounds of the Heart. As your host, I am delighted to have your beautiful presence and heart's vibration join with mine. As we listen and share in this hour together, I invite us all to join together as one conscious global heart as we take a deep breath in and relax out with a sound. to gently ground our being in calm stillness. Meeting ourselves in love, as love, what we always are now. (sighs) It is so wonderful to feel our hearts become part of the one unified field of love through the breath. Thank you for joining me again today, wherever you are right now on the planet, whatever time it is for you, know that you are greatly welcomed and your presence is celebrated. And it gives me great joy and delight to welcome our beautiful guest, the Carla Van Ray. And we've entitled our show, Never Judged, Always Loved, Holy Self. I am. Carla Van Ray is the author of best-selling memoir, God's Cool Girl, who has now written a worthy sequel, Healing from Abuse, A Practical Spiritual Guide. This small book encapsulates the learning of an entire lifetime about what heals our inner wounds and why a lot of therapy only works to an extent. Carla maintains that self-acceptance and self-love are big secrets not easily understood, integrated and practiced in reality and that this is what is offered to the reader. As abused persons, we learn to love the unlovable because without that there is no ultimate healing. How to do that takes a spiritual approach. It is the spirit within each person, never extinguished, that has the power of unconditional love and total non-judgment. Carla's life was marred with abuse of all kinds, with a burden of guilt that few children need to carry. Yet, she managed to heal that and believes and knows that it is a possibility for anyone. Carla offers her book and an online program of healing with options of contact, occasional Skype sessions, and personal mentoring. And she can be found at www.carlavanray.com. Now, let me spell that for you. It is C-A-R-L-A-V-A-N-R-A-A. Y.com. And you can contact Carla on info at CarlaVanRay.com. And she has a newsletter that you can join her on. So thank you so much for coming and being a guest on um, Sounds of the Heart, Carla. And it's most delightful to have you here. So welcome. Hello, Sandy. Hello, Sandy. I feel very welcomed. Thank you. Thank you. So, Carla, I'm just curious as to what is your connection to this topic of what your book is now talking about in Healing from Abuse, A Practical Spiritual Guide? Thank you for the question, Sandy. My connection to the topic is really my life experience and what I realize now is my life's work. I decided 
I suppose, at soul level to experience what I did. Mm-hmm. And when, however, when I was being born and I saw my life in front of me, I remember saying, no, I don't want this, and I tried to go back, oh. which made the birth for my mother extremely difficult. But here I am and um, went through horrendous experience of believing that I was abandoned by God through the abuse uh, of the sexual abuse and the physical abuse that came with it, I became convinced that I was the baddest girl alive at the age of six, that uh, my father had told me I was not to speak in confession either, not to speak to anyone and not in confession. So I believed I could not be forgiven as a Catholic little girl because if you can't go to confession, you can't be forgiven. So I believed that God was not on my side anymore. And um, I made the devil my friend at the age of six because I needed someone bigger than myself to keep me alive. So that's the burden of guilt that you were talking about. Not only Mm. that I thought I was very bad because of the way my father was treating me, but also because I could not go to confession. So I managed to forget about that as we must as children. You must bury this very deep somewhere so it doesn't stay in the foreground all the time. We can't do that. We can't handle those emotions as children, which is why we tend to forget for such a long time. Abused people sort of remember or are ready to remember decades later when they're adults and look back. And then we are in a position to heal, but not before that time. So my life has been um, a series of choices based on the turmoil that was created inside and that I was hiding from myself. So when I was 18, I decided to become a nun. That sounds wonderful. And I thought Mm. I I was dedicating my life to God, which I was, Mm. sincerely. But really, I was hiding from the world. I couldn't Mm. face life. I did not want to know anything about sex and relationships and men and nothing. I wanted to hide away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was my first choice. Um, Mm. very easy, easy choice really Um, because all I needed to do was to be obedient to the rules, make vows of poverty, chastity and obedience and God would love me. Mm -hmm. And I was desperate to be loved by God or approved of at least so I wouldn't go to hell straight away. Yes, yes. I feel that I have a deep resonance um, with your experience um, because my abuse took place in the name of God. Um, And so I did the opposite, though. I didn't choose the devil because I got told that I was cursed of the devil. So I went, oh, my, oh, my goodness, I need to choose the light. And but there was still that fundamental, um, deep seated fear and belief in my being that somehow I had been abandoned and rejected and that um, whatever I did was never going to be enough in some way, that there was always some level of overcompensation. And, um, and yes, it was like, I mean, you also can't, can't talk to anyone about it. Even though I tried to, it was, um, it was just kind of like pushed away and denied and all that kind of stuff. And, um, yeah, so I, I really deeply feel that that sense of um, feeling that God no longer becomes a safe place, a sanctuary for us to take sustenance and nourishment and direction and guidance and feel the love from. Well, you, you said it very well, Sandy. Um, even though, you know, during all that time, when I felt completely abandoned by God, you mentioned the words that is so true for people who have been abused. They feel the abandonment. They feel and they feel the rejection and the feeling of not good enough. 
And those are the deep feelings that stay with us as we grow up. But all that time, all that time, when I look back and I realize that there was always, always this little flutter of light inside me. Mm. Always this small little voice that said, it really is okay. It really is okay. The center, your center is still alive. There is still hope. And um, of course, I wasn't able to listen to that voice very much. But I mm. recognize it's there. It has to be there for everyone because of, of who we really are. We are mm. none of these things that happen to us. We are none of these feelings that we believe we are. We, we have these feelings, but we are not those feelings. So the truth of us never actually disappears completely. Yes, yes. amen to that. And we get to see that um, as we mature and we go through our life experiences. And But, but it's right. It's like in those moments where... Um, you know, you're not having that experience in the foreground and you're in that place of playful creativity as a child and everything. There's something that arises within that space and place that is loving, that is good, that is gracious. And it's it's kind of a constant reminder um, to, to see that is always within and around us, whatever is happening to us in the moment. So, there are many books on how to heal from abuse out there. So what do you think makes yours different? I put my book out there, Sandy, because I do think it's different from the many books that I have read. There are many books with a psychological um, input, with a strong psychological input, and, and all those books are extremely helpful, I must say. You know, they're so well written. And they are very helpful for people who can use the mind, who can understand and use the mind to make changes within their system. I've also read a, a lot of books, and I know there are a lot of books out there which offer the, the Christian view of uh, redemption from the past through the, what I call the savior model. The, mm -hmm. the Christian, yes, that's right, faith in Jesus faith in God, faith mm -hmm. in the religion. And that works very well for the people for whom it is intended. Now, my book is intended for anyone who is open to the spirit, the spirit within. And I do think that all religions do acknowledge the spirit within, but we define the spirit within differently. The spirit within, to me, is the loving spirit. And to me, love and judgment just do not go together. No. There, in, in my world, there is no judging God. There was, very much so as I grew up as a, Christ, as a Catholic girl. Mm -hmm. The judging God was overwhelming in my life. But I do not... I know he does not, such a God does not exist. It's a projection. This judging God is a projection from our own judging selves. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. a control mechanism, really, used by the churches. It wasn't used by Jesus to force anyone to feel guilty or to force anyone to follow rules and commandments. Jesus wasn't into that sort of thing. And I'm not either. So I present the spirit as the being that we are part of, inevitably part of, who is non-judgmental, always loving, always loved without any conditions whatsoever, and that that spirit lives within us and that we can call on this, we can connect with it. And, you know, the self-love that people talk about that we hear about so much, well, the self-love actually comes from that space. In my experience, that's where it comes from. We can't get self-love from other people. You know, the word self-love means loving self. How mm. do you do that? You do that from the spirit within. Mm. 
and it's it's from that place of speaking from what we truly are and seeing ourselves through those eyes that we can meet the fullness of our experience, however horrendous or horrific or terrifying or even beautiful or great that it's been. It's it's that that enables us to um, fully meet it and to take it as part of the whole of our being instead of wanting to separate it and cut it off or judge it. And we can only feel guilty when we judge something as being wrong or bad or um, not being part of the full expression that our soul has chosen to say yes to. And, um, yeah, so thank you for sharing that with us. So is there anything that you would say as to, like, so you've said that it's not a religious kind of book, but is it classed as a New Age kind of book? Well, I wouldn't class it as a New Age kind of book either, Sandy. Thank you for mentioning that. Uh, My experience of New Age is that it is not grounded sufficiently. It isn't grounded in healing the wounds within from a real space, mm. from facing the reality of the of the, the emotions that are so difficult to face. Mm-hmm. The New Age tries to wash over that and call everything good. And um, uh, try. actually, in my experience, what happens is that there is a suppression of what we don't want to face. We can easily use the New Age for that. We can even use meditation for that purpose, to sit on top, keep sitting on top of these feelings. And we cannot heal what we are not prepared to feel. We need to go into those feelings. That's how they are released. There's no way around it. We can't get hypnotized so that we don't need to feel those feelings. Mm-hmm. We, we need to have the courage to feel them and to realize that they are not us. Just to thank them for being there because they are an experience and we learn from all our experiences. And then yes. to release them, to release them, to keep releasing them. And the experiences of life as an adult will trigger those feelings. Of course they will, because the spirit within us wants us to heal inside. So we are provided all the time with experiences that will trigger those feelings. And those are our opportunities to feel them. Not to say, oh, you know, not to use a belief system to suppress them once again, or to talk them away, but to really be allowing ourselves to feel them rough as they are, uncomfortable as they are, and to know that they are not us, to release yes. them and then to choose. After that, after that, to choose the self-love to come in, to soothe and to heal, because it's love, it's the love that heals. Yes, yes. To, to, to fully meet those experiences, to not sugarcoat them in any way, because it's really easy to minimise and rationalise and and, you know, to create all myriads of distractions, as you and I are both well aware that we've, you know, there is myriads of things that we can choose from. And, um, but the only thing that liberates us is the, is the light in the dark. And it's the light that illuminates everything that we're afraid to see and brings, shows us that we're always pure and whole and innocent and it's in a it's in a misinterpretation of mm. our of our experiences that has us suffer and create this vortex of continuing pain and struggle and suffering until we have that realization that we get illuminated through that light of grace and it's the grace that calls to itself every part of itself that we have disowned that we go is not of the one Mm-hmm. That's right. Yep, that's right. And it takes time, it takes patience, and it takes perseverance. It takes um, determination to be able to make that journey. It doesn't happen all at once. And during that time, there can be a lot of self-doubt. 
There can be a lot of doubt that you want to do the right thing. There are a lot of doubt that oh, it can't it can't be true for me. I can't heal. That is a very common feeling among people that have been abused. Everyone can heal, but not me. Nobody feels the way I do. You know, I'm the worst case there is. I'm not. I'm not salvageable. I'm damaged goods, and that's it. I better live with it. And um, then people even be, some people become very proud of the fact that um, they have had these victim experiences and they're going to stay as victims. Mm. All mm-hmm. those are choices that are not judged, but they don't. Those kind of choice doesn't make us happy, really. <laughs> it doesn't set us free. It doesn't set us free from having to re-experience those same emotions until they are healed. Yes, and while we hold on to any kind of you know, victim consciousness, then life can only bring us that which is reflective of that. And so, um, it, we, yes, we just kind of keep ourselves in that that um, vicious cycle of of um, suffering. And but it's right. There are. I worked in the area of sexual assault for a very long time, and there were certain things that became available to people that wanted to claim that as their identity and that they would have things done for them that they could do for themselves but because they were playing that role then um yeah it was a it was a way of not fully showing up and fully living and taking responsibility for the fullness of our experiences and and um fully being creative and and bringing that gift into the light because every experience brings a gift however it appears there is a blessing and a gift in it and it's like what you say this is being able to give you your life's work and even though at birth you were going no 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 I don't want it something within you knew that this was the path that you needed to take yes yes that's right the, you mentioned the victim consciousness and the, um, um, the the way to stay in it, you know, the temptation to stay in it. Well, the choice that I had to release that victim consciousness, to actually let it go, to change my story of my father has ruined my life and to turn that completely around to my father's actions are a blessing in my life Mm, (laughs) to mm. be able to do that was a process that I had started with the work of Byron Katie in 1999 I did a two-week live-in program with her when she was still doing it herself and I was faced with this choice to turn my to turn this statement around now that single choice was the most difficult choice of my life. There was part of me that was so attached to the idea that I was a victim, mm. so attached to it, that I didn't want to stay awake that moment. I, there was something in me that wanted to go to sleep, wanted to faint, wanted to mm. not be there. I had to fight to stay aware, to stay awake, to stay with it, and to use all my willpower to choose to know, to choose to know that I am not a victim. And when I made that choice, something really amazing happened that I I didn't know this great gift was going to give, be given to me. Mm. When I made that choice, I realized that I was innocent, that I am innocent, mm. that I always was. Not because I'm a child when it happened, that, not that kind of innocent but I am innocent by nature. I'm innocent by nature. Our natures are innocent. We are just playing on this earth, spirit playing as human beings on this earth, having all these experiences that make us feel guilty and ashamed just so that we can come out of it again and learn from that and learn love for what really is, not as a concept, Mm. really learn to love the unlovable. When we can do that, then we know what love is, but not before that. Mm. Mm, Beautiful. I just want us to just take a moment to just be silent and just to really rest in that love and 
really embodying that sense of that we're never judged, that we're always loved, that we're always innocent. Just taking a moment to just be still and quiet. Just really allow the words that Carla has shared with us to just sink into our being. Never judged, always loved, holy self I am, always innocent. So as we go to a break now, lovelies, we just want you to keep holding that in your hearts and in your consciousness and we'll continue this conversation once we return. So it's time for us to take a short break now, lovelies. This is Sandy Goldstone, and my guest is the lovely Carla Van Ray. And you are listening to Sounds of the Heart with Sandy Goldstone on Voice America, 7th Wave Channel. Stay tuned, and we'll be back. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. Sandy Goldstone wants to help you start your true self journey. Sandy works with all issues and ages for individuals, couples, and groups. She is a spiritual teacher and holistic counselor of the Heart's Way in Perth, Australia. It's time to gift yourself with knowing your own lightness of being, beauty, and truth. You can feel relaxed, loving, wise, joyful, and peaceful, whatever your experiences have been or what challenges you are currently facing. Are you ready? Let's do it. Say yes and call or contact Sandy Goldstone in Australia on 011-61420-399-287 or reach out to her on Facebook at Sandy Grace Goldstone and start your true self journey. Right now, Sandy is offering a special gift. Mention the radio show, Sounds of the Heart, and receive a 40% discount on each of your first two 90-minute Skype sessions. That's just $99 to start your true self journey with Sandy Goldstone. For more information or to receive this special offer, email soundsoftheheart at hotmail.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to The Sounds of the Heart. To find out more about our program, visit Sandy's website at soundsoftheheart.com.au. Again, that's soundsoftheheart.com.au. Now, back to Sounds of the Heart with Sandy Goldstone. And we are back, lovelies, with Sounds of the Heart on the 7th Wave channel of Voice America. And I'm your host, Sandy Goldstone, talking with my guest, the lovely Carla Van Ray. So as we were going to the break, Carla, you were talking about having that deep realisation of that innocence, that we are naturally innocent. So would you like to talk further about that? Because this is something that people really, really struggle with. That's right. The mesmerisation of guilt is a very strong, a very permeates throughout our whole society. It's not just personal, it is in the whole human consciousness, the consciousness of guilt that there we have done something wrong and we must be punished for it. And this is, a, 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 let's call it a hoax. It is a hoax. It is something that we need to wake up from as humanity, that we were never judged, that there is no judgment what there is instead is innocence, 
yes, and the playing out of the laws of the universe. Mm. And what that simply is, we make choices as human beings, and because we are creative beings, being parts of the divine, we are creative beings, we have consequences for every thought, every emotion, every choice we make, everything we say. There are consequences to all that. And those consequences is what we have to wear. Now, mm. that's nothing to do with punishment. That's to do with getting experience. That's to do with learning what works and what doesn't work, what creates love and what doesn't create love, basically. Mm. That's what the learning is. It's not even about what creates happiness and what doesn't create happiness because happiness to me is a side effect. And when mm. there is love, you, when they create, create love, and you will get happiness. But you can't put happiness first, hoping that love will come out of it. It doesn't go that way. Mm. So when I realized this innocence about myself, I realized that everyone was innocent. Everyone was innocent. We are all of the same nature. We are all innocent beings playing on this planet as humans. Mm. For a while, for a very brief while actually. But I had to give this also to my father. I didn't have to. I realized very deep in my heart that my father, that person who was had been so brutal to me, he also was innocent. And when I was able to acknowledge that, then I was given to understand how it was that he was able to act like that. I was given a very clear understanding and the understanding was two ways, twofold. One, I understood his own background, how he had been abused as a child, how abuse in his family had become like something that happened um, that was not even questioned. Mm. Something that he, when he expressed it was just a continuation of what his own experience had been. And secondly, I realized that in another lifetime, if I may talk about that kind of thing here, it's just my personal experience I'm talking about. I'm not challenging anybody else's beliefs. But in, a, in another lifetime, I had cursed my father. I had had a very bad experience. I, that's the whole story in itself. And I describe this story in my book, God's Call Girl, by the way. But um, I had cursed my father and that created a bond between him and me. We would have to come back in another lifetime together until that was healed, that issue was healed. This is what happens in our lives. The people in our lives are back with us <laughs> because we need to heal the issues among mm. ourselves. That's mm. why we have difficult people in our lives. They are our blessings. Yes. yes. And we, we live in that dualistic field. And so we're going to play both roles. And sometimes we get more attached to one one role or one position or one um, level of consciousness. Some people get stuck in the victim consciousness. Some people get stuck in the bullying perpetrator consciousness and and um, play that out more than the other. But we've all played the different roles. None of us are are not without um, experience of that. And so, if we can't give ourselves uh, a sense of forgiveness and and an awareness of that then we kind of keep ourselves in this place of disempowerment and we don't get to experience the full embodiment of the love that we are and that is part of every experience for us to tap into and that's available to us. So even if we have, you know, pretty kind of challenging and crappy experiences now, we can still meet it from that grace of that innocence and that love and the inner spirit that you talk about, which is inextinguishable. Mm. Yep, that's right. 
the the one thing that transforms experiences in this very moment, say you are in a crappy experience right now, um, you don't enjoy your life, there are lots of things that you would prefer to be different. The beginning, the beginning point, the first step out of that would be an appreciation of something in, in life, a gratitude for something that is happening in your life. Like someone said to me recently, um, you might feel very sorry for yourself and cry a lot and then discover that you're crying in a warm, comfortable bed, you know, a lovely, mm. warm, comfortable bed. And so it's at least that much that you can be grateful for. Now, my belief is that when you can allow yourself to move everything else aside for a moment and to be really grateful for one thing in your life and feel that and put your heart hand on your heart and say and know that you are feeling grateful for this that this is the beginning point of healing from everything that happens in your life from there you can start looking around and develop this gratitude until it becomes a gratitude for all experience and then you know that you are healed when you can have gratitude for everything that you experience and then Magic happens, of course, because when you're like that, your experience can change. That's when the experience can change, but not before that. Mm. Until, you, until you heal your experiences, we re-experience them. That is, I think, the big secret on this planet to understand. You know, the, the events in our life are not random. They don't just happen. We are creative beings who are bound to re-experience ourselves, what we are projecting out there, until mm -hmm. we change through gratitude as such a, an easy and powerful way to change our experience through developing gratitude. Mm. Yes. And, and it's not easy, like, you know, for someone who's lost their job or in the middle of a a relationship breakup and they feel like you know their whole world is falling apart it's not easy to find gratitude in that but sometimes no. when I was in the deepest you know darkest place within myself I was grateful that I could even feel that because if I went into that place of numbness that was yep. a, that was when I was in real trouble yep you're, you're so right and oh, I would attract all thing. sorts of terrible things to me because I was like I was I was walking asleep and that energy was very attractive to energies that wanted to take something for nothing or you know take it you know take advantage of that so it's like like I would be grateful that I could feel the depth of sadness or I could feel the depth of anger and and um and then really fully trust myself to go into the 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 eye of the storm so to speak and then to see where i would come out on the other side was nothing that my mind would terrorize me with it was yes. the opposite yep that's right that is the paradox isn't it when we dare to go into that yes. then when then we find the stillness we find we find that it isn't so terrifying after all to go into those feelings. That's a way out to to the freedom. So you mentioned the, the gratitude for just being able to feel. That is so true, Sandy, because a lot of people on this planet are, are learning not to feel and they're going, and that is a definition of depression to me. Mm -hmm. And you learn not to feel. You go into depression because it's just too overwhelming to deal with those feelings. Now, when you when you are not really prepared to deal with any of them, it's best to be numb. <laughs> and that is um, a place that is not a very healthy place, of course, but the only way out, again, is through the willingness, the willingness to start feeling and to call on those feelings again. Yeah, it's not easy to feel gratitude for all experience. It's not an end point. The beginning point is to feel grateful for whatever you can feel grateful for, to have that decision. You know, I'm not 
I'm not going to be a victim for the rest of my life. I'm going to find my way out there. What can I be grateful for right now? What is it that I can start being grateful for? Because the attitude or the feeling of gratitude is completely incompatible with the emotion of victim consciousness. Those two are incompatible. So if you know that, then you can start on, on that path anyway, the path of gratitude. But mm. I believe that everyone needs some support when they go on this journey. It's, you, you know, it's good to find support that you can trust. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, do you really believe that a book can be a definitive help to a person who has had the experience of abuse? Or does it take more than just reading a book, even if it's a practical guide like yours? A practical guide like mine is an inspiration. It's a help. It's a starting point. There's a lot in there that you can put into practice. Mm. But I don't think a book in itself can be enough of a guide. Um, there come there will come times when you get very confused, when you get very discouraged, unless you have that support to call on. And it's, it's one of my tasks to find a group of people who will put themselves forward as counselors and therapists of all kinds who are coming from their heart space in, in their approach to healing from abuse, not the clinical mental space, but the heart space. And this is how I define a person who is able to come from their heart space. It is a person who has healed their own deep wounding because until you do heal your own deep wounding, there, there is not enough self-love there to be able to love another unconditionally. Mm-hmm. So that the self-love there flows into unconditional regard and love of the client. Those to me are heart-based people and I'm looking for them. I want to... I want to help them to find the clients, put the clients together with them so that the people wanting to heal from abuse can find the support that they need. Mm. Beautiful, beautiful. And it's it's so important because it the like reading and books can only take you so far because it's it's a relational experience and it's a yes. and so you need to have that unconditional love and that that um, that sense of I am presence to be reflected back to you and and to, mm. to see that compassion and, and that grace and that non-judgment, but also that very um, real response. You're not wanting to hide it or deny it or sugarcoat it in any way, but to really be there when a person goes into the eye of the storm of their feelings and to just lovingly hold the space for that for that to transform that yes. which needs to be transformed yes you said it so beautifully sandy yes mm. 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 so i'm just curious carla what was something surprising that you learned about yourself while writing the sequel to your memoir god's call girl <laughs> Okay, all right. Writing, by the way, is highly therapeutic. Mm. It is. Writing your life story is highly therapeutic. One of the workshops I'm planning is write your story, heal your life. I want to do this online. Um, So as I was writing, um, I was writing from a very angry space to begin with. I was angry with the nuns in particular. And as I wrote my story, I began to realize the other side of of the story. Like, you know, I wasn't just writing about my experiences with the nuns. I was beginning to understand how they were feeling with having me amongst <laughs> amongst them. Mm-hmm. I, was such a, I was such a pain to them because I wanted to make all these changes that we were allowed to make since Vatican II and Pope John the Twenty-Third and all that, but I didn't have any re, uh, any understanding of their hesitations and of their fears, and they weren't ready. I was just so keen to do everything, but I was the only one, and I became very painful to them 
same with uh, with my father, my mother, all the people that I wrote about in my story, I became aware of more of them, who they were mm-hmm. as people. Mm-hmm. See, when you're being abused, there's so much attention on yourself. There's so much, uh, yeah, attention on yourself, so much, but and not enough attention on others, on how they feel, being able to feel how they feel. For instance, I wasn't able to feel my own children, how they were feeling. I was trying to be a good mother. I read all the good mother books, you know, and still I wasn't able to feel how they were feeling. So, ah, yes, um, writing your story, helped, writing my story helped me to understand other people and how they were feeling and I developed a compassion for them understanding creates compassion of course you know the more you understand about the person the more compassion you have the more you understand about the person the less judgment you have and you won't be able to judge them at all if you completely understood a person yeah no that's right when you move from those stories of separation with you know us and them or me and you and all that kind of stuff you see that there's just this really close close harmonization that becomes closer and closer and the liberating point for me was absolutely getting it that I wasn't my thoughts and I wasn't my feelings which meant that that was the same for everyone as well yeah that's right we are not our thoughts we are not our feelings who we are is bigger than all of that Mm. it's yeah who we are is is what's behind all that and that being behind all that is is the nature of that being is innocence and the nature of that being is love. That's mm-hmm. why the whole universe is actually built on love. It doesn't look like it on this planet, but that's because we don't have the right understanding and we are promoting from wrong understanding, promoting events on this planet which don't need to happen. The, the nature of the universe is actually love and our natural expression is love. And what mm-hmm. we enjoy most on this planet is loving and being loved. Well, we're all mm. into that, you know. We think it's romantic love, but it isn't. It's not a, nothing to do with romance. It's to do no, with we know uh, something much more real than that. Yeah, and we know where romantic love takes us. <laughs> yes, it's, um, it's largely built on illusion, of course, and wishful thinking and projection. Yes. But we have to learn. We need to go there to find that out. You know, we can't escape that kind of thing. We need to go there to to learn the lessons. It's uh, yes, it's all innocent yes. play that we do. Yes, and it's about life wanting to show us, you know, the the bigger perspective of things. It's like we have such this narrow focus, and it's like the expansion that takes place when you let go those judgments and those concepts and ideas and even attitudes and. Um, it just kind of explodes the world into this amazing, wonderful, awesome experience. And it's all this appearing as, as this in this moment and this dance of, of love and energy that we're all connected to one at the same time. And we can't, we like to deny that at times, but it's, yeah. it's undeniable. And I think that's what we're being called forth collectively right now to really take hold of is that we're all in this together. Mm. Yes, yes, we are. And when we hear words like this, it's our time to really listen and to start waking up because we've been mesmerized in the, um, in the illusion for a very long time on this planet. Mm. Planet wants to move on. And this is a time of great healing. The energies for healing are very strong on this planet right now. Mm. And they won't be like that for uh, forever. The planet is going to have a reset, you know, in, in the era of what where we're in right now um, is coming to an end and this, a new era will be beginning. So the, the, the push for healing is very strong right now. So this is a time for waking up and for really doing something, not just hearing words, but acting on them, acting on the truth that we can feel in our hearts. 
it's uh, going to not ju just be beneficial for ourselves, but also for everybody around us. Yes, absolutely. We're at a critical time where we get to decide what we're going to align ourselves with and yeah. mm. and to work in and create from that place and space of light and love or to keep being in that place of separation and fragmentation and the suffering and the scarcity and the and the um, consequences of that. So um, I just want you to kind of share with us once again, what is your website and email address and where can your books be purchased? Okay, thank you. Um, the website's my name, www.carlavanray.com, Carla with a C, Van Ray with R-A-A-Y, so five A's in my name, and info at carlavanray.com will send an email to me. My book can be purchased uh, via my website, and uh, I can send it to you signed a signed copy. You can also purchase it on Amazon as a printed book and as an ebook. So it's very easily available. Okay. So thank you so much, Carla. This has been a wonderful um, share today. And thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your insight from your experience. And thank you, lovelies, for your heart's loving presence and gifting yourself with listening to Carla share how it is through our connection to our inextinguishable inner spirit that we can kindly and honestly meet any experience of abuse, learning to accept and love the unlovable as we see ourselves through the eyes of God and fully embody, never judged, always loved, holy self I am. Next week we have our beautiful return guest Indigo Grace to share with her her work with working with offenders of abuse in the prison system and how individually and collectively we can learn to offer creative, compassionate, real heart-centered responses to this often very emotionally polarizing behavior without hating the person, offering the same prayer that Jesus did for each of us, Father forgive them for they know not what they do. Until our hearts join together as one next week, I send you much love and blessings from my heart to yours. May your week be overflowing with all that you are now, always. Love, joy and peace. I love you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Sounds of the Heart. Sandy Goldstone invites you to join her again next Tuesday at 5 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Connect to your own divine nature in the coming week and explore within.